Look, I get it. I know it's only June 2023, but I'm ready to go on the record right now and say it. Penn State's going to make USC the whiteout game in 2024. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm your host of the show, and my prayers have been answered. He's back quickly on the show, returning as a guest, and that is Jason Lord. Jason, see, I thought of one on the fly. I said I didn't uh, have on the one, fly. and I thought of one on, on the fly. So it's uh, it's great to have you back, really. My prayers have been answered because I always enjoy getting your perspective. Always great being on here, Zach. Thanks for having me. And of course, today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Uh, Jason, we have plenty because I want to get your perspective on the Big Ten schedule. 2024, 2025 have been released and I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm so glad that Adam Brenneman was able to get to sit down with Drew Aller because that was a fun podcast to watch. Now, we're not going to go through the whole 90 minutes of it, but there were some things that Drew had to answer for that yep. I, I think are just good topics for Penn State fans and Penn State media to discuss. So that's going to be in our final segment uh, about Drew Aller. And now the, it's it's on him. The pressure's on his shoulders. Or is it? Well, we'll, we'll figure that out in segment number three. Jason? The Big Ten schedule's out. I've talked quite a bit about it. I have three other episodes devoted to it. I encourage people to go check that out. But, Jason, your takeaways ultimately from the Big Ten schedule, whether it's that Penn State's still unrivaled or uh, Penn State is going to play Ohio State, Michigan. They're going to alternate. They don't have to play some of the toughest schools. Frankly, it's USC, UCLA, Ohio State, and Michigan, not in that order. Yeah. But those four, if you play all four of them in a given season and then sprinkle maybe Iowa in there, that's a pretty that's a pretty major gauntlet that you have to go through. But when you looked at the Big Ten schedules for 24 and 25, what, what ultimately came to your mind? Overall, I wasn't surprised. Uh, you, they protected the rivalry games, which I figured was going to be the case. Some teams protected more than others. Iowa protected three. Penn yeah. State is the one that didn't protect any. None. I wasn't surprised, though, by any of that. I wasn't really surprised by the fact that you were going to have big teams off your schedule because you have to cycle it through. You're going to play every four years. You know, USC is going to make the trip here. Penn State's going to make the trip there. So you have to cycle all of that through in four years. So I wasn't overly shocked that you were going to have big games that weren't going to happen. You also don't want those teams canceling each other out every year. And I think that probably was going to happen if, yeah. if uh, you were going to have these teams playing each other consistently. And I just don't think the current model was really feasible in terms of keeping all of those games every year. You know, the Big Ten loves to use that cliche competitive balance uh, they always love using that term. I think they did a, a pretty good job overall of the schedule, and I thought it was fair. I think you look at just looking at Penn State's, it's very good for a home schedule one year. The following year, not so much. The road schedule gets tough. So I think for the most part, if you look at everybody's schedule in the Big Ten, it was that way. Now, we don't know the actual dates, so who knows how fair it's going to be. If Penn State's going to open on the road for the 
one millionth time in a row or if they're yeah, actually get a home yeah. Big Ten games. But I think overall, when you look at opponents, uh, not surprised by it, not really. I thought uh, overall, pretty good job. Uh, the old competitive balance, so to speak, is is there. Yeah, I think I, I want to go on record now, Jason, now that you brought the Big Ten home opener up. It's right. always the second or third game in the conference slate. And people will go back and say, well, they played Rutgers in uh, 2015 or whatever. They weren't an official member of the Big Ten at that point, whichever season. It was somewhere baked in there 2013 through 2015. I forget the actual year. But they played Rutgers at home, and that was their first game. They weren't actually in the Big Ten that year. So, yeah, Penn State for the last 14 years has only opened up at home to start the Big Ten slate once. One time. One out of 14 years. Uh, So hopefully that changes in due time with that being said on the record for 2020 i know this is june 2023 but i can confidently say this right now because penn state gets to hold they don't have to go to usc the first year that's important they don't have to go to ucla they don't have to go to california period that is a major win for penn state but they get to host usc that's perfect setup for the whiteout now i kind of i jokingly said that penn state shouldn't waste the whiteout on usc that they should save it for Ohio State, uh, and that they should try to schedule USC for a mid-November game. Because USC is going to fold. They're going to crack easily in that cold weather, right? That's not that's not going to be fun for them coming to Penn State no. with potentially, I don't know if we're saying snow, but imagine uh, upper 30s, maybe low 40s, and a bunch of rain. That's that's not going to be fun for them. So, but that all all joking aside, I I can confidently say two things: Penn State and USC is going to be the whiteout game in 2024, and Penn State is going to open Big Ten play at home against USC for that whiteout game. So you can check all of those boxes. Now it's just a matter of sorting it out through the networks. But I have a good feeling that when the draft comes around, when they redraft for next year's games. Ohio State, Michigan will be the first pick by Fox. And then when it gets to NBC or CBS, because now we know they have night games, they can make an 8 p.m. game. But the idea was to have them do noon, CBS, Fox at noon, CBS at 3.30, and NBC at 7.30. Penn State is going to host USC in primetime, opening up Big Ten play in week, whatever, week three or four. And then that checks every single box. It's earlier in the season. It's nice weather so that you, whatever, you don't hurt USC, right? You give them an affair advantage by having to travel all the way to Pennsylvania. And Penn State now, Pat Kraft, he said it was his mission to get Penn State some more respect inside of the conference. So I think the Big Ten is going to make an extreme effort here. Penn State, USC, it's going to be the whiteout in 2024. It's also going to be the first Big Ten game for Penn State which is going to be, as we know, a home opener in the Big Ten slate because we know that they're hosting the Trojans. We don't just know that they're playing them. We know that they're playing them in Beaver Stadium. Yeah, I think, you know, first of all, looking at the t- how the TV things work, CBS, I'm not sure next year. Reason that they have the night games this year, they're allowed to pick SEC. and choose a little bit more because of the SEC, absolutely. So next year, I think they're probably going to be more locked into that 330 slot, but uh, your second point, I think, is valid. At least to me, I'm pretty certain that they will probably have USC in the whiteout next year in some capacity, whether it is opening the Big Ten or whether it is you know somewhere in October. I do think that you're going to have USC as the whiteout game. 
in all likelihood, because you start looking at how you know Fox picks the games. Obviously, they're going to pick what's best for their network. That's always the case. But mm. I have a good feeling, and and rightfully so. But I have a good feeling that they're not ever going to duplicate what they did a couple of years ago in the Big Ten. But they didn't do it in the Big Ten at that time. It was the Pac-12. But where they took that Arizona State and USC game, it was an, a big noon and it was a 9 a.m. kick. When Penn State goes out there in 2025, Fox it'll is be a night. not going to take And it'll be game. a night game. No, Yeah, well, it probably could be a night game, but I don't think you're going to have a 9 a.m. kick anymore. I, I think, yeah. you know, that as much as the network would love to do that, because, <laughs> look, Fox is going to pick what's best for Fox. It doesn't matter what time these teams are playing. But I think for that reason, you're probably going to see Penn State and USC as a night game next year and, and probably as a, as a whiteout, I would think. It, it's going to be hard for me to say otherwise right now as I'm looking at it. Who knows come yeah. next year this time what we're looking at. But, yeah, I think some fans would love to have USC come here in November in 10-degree weather and see how they play. Absolutely right. Good point. Yeah. But – to me, I think the whiteout would draw more interest and more atmosphere in terms of uh, USC being here for the first time. Uh, that would be a kind of a welcome to Happy Valley moment for sure. And then the following year, Penn State goes out there for the first time since 1991. So no. I, I like USC as the opponent first here where you get the chance to play them. And then, you know, look, the UCLA in 2025 too. So right away, the two California teams, uh, Penn State was going to have their chance with the one thing that I think is a little overrated at times, I agree with the weather. I think that's a factor. Yeah. I think the time change is another factor. You know, how do you adjust to that, whether it's yeah. Penn State at home, USC coming here, Penn State going there? I yeah. don't agree with the long travel. It's not as long as people think it is sometimes. Look, you take a bus to Maryland or to mm -hmm. Rutgers and, and I give Steve Jones credit for this made this point and it's perfect point it's you know three four hours you take a flight to California same thing four hours four and a half so I don't agree that necessarily the travel from that perspective is going to be much different yeah. but I do think the weather is going to be an adjustment for them and I think like the time zone change there's reasons why in the NFL the teams are now on the East Coast for a full week or on the mm -hmm. West Coast for a full week. You have to, your body has to adjust to that. Now, as a college student, you may adjust better than a 39 year old, yeah. but it's still difficult. And I, so I think those are going to be factors. All of that being said, back to your main point, though, Zach, I think you're right. I think it'll be the whiteout. Not sure it'll be the opener. I don't know if I go that far just no. yet, but no. it will be the whiteout, I think, in all likelihood, as I'm looking at it right now. It is Locked on Nittany Lions. Penn State's outlook in the Big Ten is coming up in just a moment. But first, let's hear from our sponsor of today's show, and that is FanDuel. Make a fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs as they are wrapping up because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. I didn't. I didn't stutter. $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. There's no better better. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
And once again, thanks so much for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. If you like what we do here, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, comment any feedback, like the show, share it with friends and family, and of course, follow along wherever you get your podcasts as well. Appreciate all the support here. Jason Lord giving us some support on today's episode as we continue to just project what Penn State's going to do now in the Big Ten. That's nine games. We know a bulk of their schedule here because everything's everything's pieced together. They're going to have the home and away with West Virginia uh, in 2024 as well. We just don't know exactly the order of these games, of course, but I, I can't help but think that the Big Ten – it, they're not going to put USC in late October, early November in a night setting for Penn State. That's going to be a late September game, and Penn State is going to make that the whiteout game. Uh, when, unless it is late. If they actually do that, put it late in November, then you can scrap the whiteout, and it'll be Ohio State. But uh, season ticket holders got to love that 2024 schedule yeah, uh, and not the 2025 version of it because there's four home games, at least in the Big Ten, right? Penn State's going to supplement those with three more non-conference games. Uh, but that that's not a slate that it, it can't compare to 2024. But in general, Jason, what is the outlook for Penn State now over 2023, 2024, and 2025? How do they, how do they, how do you expect them to do in the Big Ten as a whole? I'm not sure it's much different than, than it is right now. I think the expectations for 2023 as they stand are going to be the same next year. If they are able to succeed this year as uh, we think they can, then the expectation in 2024 is going to be the same thing no matter what your schedule is. Now, does it help that next year you're going to have Ohio State and USC as your biggest games and they're both at home? Yes. Now that trip to Madison will be tough, sure, but uh, you're going to have – your two biggest games at home. Does that help? Absolutely. That helps. But I think from a full perspective, the expectation isn't going to really change. You lose the divisions. So maybe from a coaching standpoint where you maybe finished second in the big 10 West and now you're finishing, you know, fifth or sixth or maybe seventh mm -hmm. in the big 10, then you might be a little bit more in the hot seat. If you're a coach, especially yeah. in the Big Ten West, where I felt like it was weaker than the East for many years. You could go so eight and four. Different. We almost had a seven yeah. and five team make it into yeah. the Big Ten championship this year. Right. And then that's season. that's a big difference. That's going to be the big difference, I think, when not having divisions. But just looking at Penn State's outlook, I don't think it's going to be a lot different at all. I think when you look at right now, expectation is 2023 is going to be a big year. Next year, you're going to likely have a season starter at quarterback. So I think the expectation is going to be very big next year. And then 2025, it stays. I don't think there's anything different just because of who you're playing and you know where they are in the schedule and the fact that you know you don't play Ohio State or, or you don't play Michigan in 2024 and don't play Ohio State in 2025. I, does it hurt your schedule a little bit? Yeah, sure, if, if it's needed. But I don't think from a, an outlook perspective, it's going to change a lot of what you expect out of the team. There might be a different identity in 2025 because I feel at some point it's going to. It's yeah, very possible. There's obviously factors we can't predict. We can't right. project. We can only speculate. Or who's leaves and stays is, and goes. Is yeah. Mike, Yer is Mike Yersich going to be around? Is obviously Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz going to be yeah. around? Uh, is Anthony Poindexter going to be around? Uh -huh. He almost took that head coaching right. job at UVA, right? We know that. We know that Terry Smith will still be here. He's forever Penn State, right? 
Darius Smith was on the Penn State team that made the last trip out to USC yeah. there in 1991. Yeah, he was. But those three guys, I think, can not necessarily make or break future Penn State teams, right? We've seen how no. many coaches come and go out of Penn State for good reasons, right? James Franklin has created such a dynamic coaching tree. He is consistently cranking out future head coaches, uh, and, and the list is only going to get longer. So they're – Again, before Mike Yersich, it was uh, other. We're not going to Kirk Shiraka doesn't count, but before Shiraka, it was Ricky Ronnie, right? Yeah. And he's now the head coach at Old Dominion. Joe Moorhead became the head coach at Mississippi State, took the offensive coordinator yeah. job at Oregon. Now he's back at Akron, and now he's at Akron back as a head coach. So defensive coordinator, right? Brent Pry for the longest time was a loyalist to James Franklin. Now he's a head coach. So don't worry if those guys do cycle out, but that definitely changes things, right? Penn state. What happened when Joe Moorhead and Brent Pry came back in their second seasons? Penn state at the Rose bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And then what makes a great head coach is his pedigree in the coaching tree yeah. that he has. I think there's, there's no doubt about that. We've seen that really in, all levels of football. Heck, you look at the, the 49ers with Bill Walsh's coaching tree. My goodness, there's Hall of Fame coach after Hall of Fame coach after Hall of Fame coach. And the same goes for college football. You know, the assistants that have moved on from James Franklin, the assistants that have moved on from Nick Saban have won national championships, obviously, now. So I think what makes a great coach is not necessarily the ability to keep your assistants on staff. It's uh, yeah. part that, but the other part of it is how successful those assistants are when they move somewhere else. Uh, I think that's a, a major stepping stone too. And you know, we've seen that in college football. I do mean to make, I want to make a correction. I'm glad I looked this up. 2017 was the year and that team. If it wasn't for a difference of four points, Penn state might've been 12 and 0. So I'm trying to, yeah. my point, my point ultimately is that what does that have in common with this current team? Joe Moorhead and Brent Pry were back as their second season as both coordinators. Right. They weren't psych. One of them wasn't cycling out. And James Franklin pointed that out as well. This isn't Manny yeah. Diaz's first season. This isn't Mike Yursich's first right. season. They yep. have consistency, a coordinator with the right yep. group of players with a quarterback that can go to the moon with all of his potential. This team has a really good outlook. I would say for 2025, that identity is probably going to change because it's going to be different. We might see Mike Yersich leave. We might see Manny Diaz leave. We hope that Drew Aller leaves, not because I don't want him to quarterback Penn State, but then yeah, that not means... Not just Aller, other players too. That means something went wrong if he's right. still here, okay? If he's here in 2025, that's just the unfortunate... You want him, start this year, next year, leave for the NFL. And you you want Yersich and Manny Diaz around, of course, but you also got to imagine Singleton is going to go to the NFL. Katron Allen, it, I, they are the closest version right now of Reggie Bush and Lindell White in, in this current time. Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, that dynamic with duo. The, yeah, with the ability they are as a duo. You have speed and you have power. You have yep. the ability to get short yards. You have ability to hit the home run. Yes, yep. I would agree. Are they the best duo in college football? I don't know about that. I think they're close. Um, I think it's it's very close. It's they, a toss-up. They, they have between. the most potential. If yeah. they, most Blake potential, Corm yeah. Blake Corum's coming think, back for another year. And, of course, we know how good Donovan yeah, Edwards is. I Edwards hate saying and that. Edwards and both. Yeah, absolutely. But they have Ohio State, too. They're I, I sophomores. They're sophomores, yeah. and they're in no, the I national know. Yeah. conversation. Yeah, no, and, and the comparison I think you made is a good one because it, Reggie Bush was the guy that could hit that home run. Yep. Singleton's the same way. Gets outside, he hits that home run. And Allen's that guy that's going to get you that yard when he needs to, too. Now, granted, he's a guy who can make a big play, too. Yeah. 
but he's also that powerful guy that can get you that yard, just like Lindell White was where um, yeah, at USC. Difference is, my hope would be if it's the national championship on fourth and one, James Franklin would have Nick, Nicholas Singleton on the field as opposed to you know, Pete Carroll not having Reggie Bush on the field on fourth and one in the biggest game of his career. But uh, I, I do see the comparison. I think that's a good comparison. Yeah, and that isn't the first time that, or that isn't the that wasn't the last time that Pete Carroll made bad decisions at the goal line in the biggest. No, game I think uh, there was a Super Bowl in there somewhere, somewhere where he had the best running back in football at that time, and he didn't yeah. give it to him. Best power back, anyway. Best goal yeah. line back, but yeah, and his, his prime, uh, he was unbelievable. It's a Penn State, but I think it's it is in terms of the Thunder Lightning, yeah, Reggie Bush, Lindell yeah, White, is. Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen. Yeah. HappyValleyInsider.com is your place to go. And Penn State Rivals has made this show, Locked on Nittany Lions, your go-to podcast. So visit HappyValleyInsider.com for all the latest when it comes to Penn State athletics. Of course, recruiting is heating up. Big Ten schedules just come out. There was a lot of Penn State news that just flooded flooded the market uh, as the weekend has gone along. But Jason, in this final segment, I want to talk about Drew Aller now specifically. So we've highlighted him, said that he's supposed to be the starter for the next two seasons. He recently did a podcast with former Penn State tight end Adam Brenneman. I wish Adam could have stayed his whole career at Penn State. He did yeah. graduate from there. Phenomenal player in high school. He, Yeah, exactly. Out of, out of the state of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. He yep. chose Bill O'Brien yep. and the Nittany Lions. I'm so glad he's close with this Penn State regime that the, the loyalty is there through thick and thin. And it's clearly paid off for him because he gets access to interview Drew Aller for 90 minutes. So it's like, that must be nice. Uh, so we can spectate, yeah. we can watch. And it was a lot of fun to see that interview. Uh, I encourage Penn state fans to go check it out. One former Penn state player talking past talking to the present, right? Uh, this in particular, I thought there's so much content, right? I'm not here to analyze yeah. the whole episode. Everyone else is more than welcome to go watch it for themselves. But I thought this was an important Adam. Adam asks all the right questions. He asks the best questions possible to whoever his given interviewee is. And one of them was, you know, you're now the Penn state quarterback. You are going to be judged on whether or not you can bring a national championship back to happy Valley. Is that the bar that is truly set for this 19 year old kid? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, you, you go back and uh, any five-star recruit, at the quarterback position that has come here in Happy Valley has had that expectation. You go back to even as far to, to Anthony Morelli, same thing. Now, did he live up yeah. to the expectation? Now, he struggled at times, but uh, absolutely. I think when you, when you have that kind of expectation and talent coming there, the, the bar is set to win a national title. Now, right now, you know, short-term goal is get by Ohio State and Michigan, which you've not been able to do. But the other part of it is to win the Big Ten East, ultimately win the Big Ten, and yes, win a national title. I, I think that's a fair way to put it, the way Adam Brenneman said it. I think you are measured by being a national championship quarterback. And part of that is because, now granted it's been, you know, 1986, the last one, the Penn State won. You have won national championships here, though. Yeah. You know, Todd Blackledge is measured by the fact that he was the quarterback in 1982. John Schaefer is mm -hmm. measured by the fact that he was the quarterback in 1986. Harry, and Kerry Collins. Yeah. Collins in 94 should have won a national title. Would have I know. crushed I Nebraska, know. in my opinion, and when it comes to uh, best offense I've ever seen play college football. But uh, for, for me, I think when you look at it, 
Yeah, there's no question. You, that That is the measurement when you are a five-star quarterback coming to a major program that, yeah, you're going to win a national title. Look, that's not just Penn State. Notre Dame has had quite a few over the years that have had the expectation that they were going to turn the Golden Dome around and give Notre Dame more national championships, and they didn't do that. Jimmy Klaus and Ron Paulus, I could go on for two hours. By all telling means, the quarterbacks do it. For I'm Notre here Dame for all the Notre Dame could. slander. <laughs> for, uh, for Notre Dame guys that, that didn't pan out, those are the two biggest ones that, yeah. that come to mind. You know, Paulus obviously from Pennsylvania. and uh, But that that's the – yeah, yeah, you are measured by that. And how you handle the pressure, I think, is something that is de- what defines you. I think that's what turns a good quarterback into a great quarterback. And the recruiting tapes are always going to show your best plays. They're not yeah. going to show how you react after you throw that from adversity. Six. Yep. Yeah. That 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 I think is where you start to measure the character and what you are as a quarterback. But overall, that measurement is the expectation, and the expectation is for you to succeed. And the biggest level of succession in college football as a team is to win a national championship. So let me just a hypothetical scenario. We can go through so many, right? Uh, We know that Drew Aller isn't going to pan quote unquote. He won't be remembered the right way. If they go nine and three, if they go 10 and two. So what happens if he gets to the, because I can confidently sit here and say that Penn state is going to make the college football playoff in 2024, but that's going to be out of 12 teams. So does it mean as much, right? Because now it's 12 instead of four. Yeah. So let's say that Penn State basically has two first-round exits in both college football playoffs. Penn State makes the top four in 2023, but they lose in the semifinal, and then they make the field of 12, and they lose in the first round. How do you determine Drew Aller's success from there? Um. I think it's going to vary in that uh, that part, Zach. Because he Who made, he made the college to... football playoff. Yeah, like that's, exactly. that's a win I, for me. That, I'm looking at I like for 2023, that. it's a win in a big way. Yeah, You're to one get, of the top four teams top in college four. football. And let's say Georgia three-beats. Georgia beats you. Georgia goes on to win the national title. I think he measured it as, as, as success. That's a win. Uh, that's no a doubt win about it. Uh, next year is a little different, as you yeah. said. You're putting 12 teams in there. You're going to have home games for – teams so if you are one of the top 12 and you get bounced in the first round i don't know if you measure that one as much i think highly 2023 you get to the playoff as a top four team i think that is a good measurement you set the bar higher than what you had it previously without question if you're able to do that next year i think it's a different animal because of the fact that there's a lot more teams and it depends again on what happens what's your overall record who did he beat to get there Jim Harbaugh's level of success right now is he beat Ohio State twice. He would it's not better, have that same kind Penn of State has done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would not have had that had he not beaten Ohio State. So does Drew Aller get by Ohio State and Michigan? Just like James Franklin. Do they get by Ohio State and Michigan and route to that college football playoff? Then if that answer is yes, I think the bar is higher. I think it's a successful season in 2023 for Drew Aller. Now May one of those things not happen and can it be a success? It could be. But I think that year is going to measure success. 2024, as you said, though, I, I, it's different. I think yeah. you got to be better than the top 12. you got to still be in the top four to five if you are in 2023. 
But you made the college football play. It's just I'm highlighting the fact that the conversation's different. You can't just say anymore. It's well, a lot we, different. We made the college football playoff. Uh, you were the 10 seed, and the whoever the hypothetical six seed absolutely annihilated you in the first round. That doesn't right. qualify as something you should be. You can't hang a banner for that uh, anymore. So if Penn State were to do that, basically sneak into the 12 team, they need they need to essentially make that semifinal. In, bo- in both yeah. seasons, they need to make it in the top four. So I'm glad you praised it that way. Make the top four in both seasons. If uh-huh. he, if Drew Aller and these teams are, and and that's a shame because I would like to sit here and say like, oh, it's national championship or bust. Penn State needs to win a championship, but they've been so far removed from that outside of winning the Big Ten title and winning the Rose Bowl. I know they just won the Rose Bowl this past season, but it came without a big 10 championship. And the only reason they got to the Rose bowl was because Michigan and Ohio state were in the college football playoffs. So it's just, unfortunately that 2016 team, it currently is carrying the water for the rest of these James Franklin squads. And even back before, right. Joe Paterno wasn't exactly putting Penn state right there in the thick of the national championship conversation later on in his coaching I was going to say later on in his career on, is a good way to on. put it because he <laughs> certainly was in the early 60s, 70s, 80s, even in the 90s. But, but in the, uh, in yeah, the 2000s, no, since really 05 he was in the conversation. 05, yeah. uh, 08, and when, 08, until they lost to absolutely Iowa. Absolutely lost to Iowa in a windy game in Iowa, yeah. But it's been, probably since 08, Penn State really hasn't been like that top um, team. Not under Paterno at, towards the end. Uh, now, 2000, you go back to his final year. Uh, they were what eight or nine and one uh, yeah, when, he was, and when uh, unfortunate, the unfortunate events that happened happened. Yeah. But um, I, I think, yeah, to me, it, yeah, your point's valid though. I mean, yeah, Joe Paterno's success here and uh, to this, uh, obviously, uh, you can't measure everybody else's success against him because Joe was just far superior, right? In so yeah. many ways, I never saw something more detail-oriented. Yeah. Four hundred nine wins, one school—it's never happened again. As as long as I'm alive, I can confidently say that. But yeah, going back to the main point, uh, you're right in terms of let's say Penn State goes on and loses. Let's say they lose the national championship. Let's go that far. It, it's going to sting. It's a success. Yes, because Christian it's going to be success. And Anthony Morelli Absolutely. didn't do it as former you five know, stars. Yeah. Yes, it, you know, let's you know look at it from another perspective. Do the, the Philadelphia Phillies, are they going to remember last year's team and the grand scheme of things? Sure. And they've won World Series. They've, they've, you know, they've won yeah. two in 1981 and 2008. They're going to remember last year, the memorable run of the World Series, even though they lost. Going to remember that 2009 National League Championship team, 1993 National League Championship team. You remember those over time because of the success they had. So, yes, you will remember if Penn State goes that far, you will remember this team as a success. There's no doubt about it. I will say the difference here to just kind of wrap this up, how much pressure is exactly on Drew Aller. I think there is, because let's take a Christian Hackenberg, for example. He did not exactly have the supporting cast that, and of course the sanctions, right? The turmoil that was going on. Drew Aller, uh, right? That, that It's difficult to compare those two situations, but Drew Aller has... A solidified coaching staff, a running game, an offensive line, a defense where Christian Hackenberg basically had to do everything in his willpower to keep that offense on the field. Bill O'Brien had to get extremely creative in that one season with him as the quarterback. So 
I think Drew Aller, there's pressure in the standpoint of, yes, it's national championship or bust for a lot of Penn State fans, but you're not doing it all alone is what I'm trying to say. So there, there's right. pressure in that regard, but not pressure in the sense of it's all on you, man. You have nobody else yeah. around you to help you. But there is pressure that you are the face of this national championship conversation when all said and done. It's not Nicholas Singleton. Right. It's not going to be, I'm, uh, let me think of a few, uh, Abdul Carter, right? No. It's not going to be on their shoulders. It is on him. So yeah, he's 19. He'll be 20, but I hope he carries that pressure very well, Jason. Yeah, I hope so, too. And I, I think it's more often than not, Zach, it's the quarterback, it's the coach that are going to have the most pressure in any situation. It's no different here. I, I agree with you. I think Aller is under the most pressure. That'll do it for us here on another Locked on Nittany Lines. Jason, it's always great to talk to you. Appreciate your give the historical perspective of Penn State. That'll make that'll make a lot of Penn State fans feel good, right? The relive in the 70s, the 80s, the part of the 90s, right? Uh, and hopefully James Franklin and this group can duplicate. Yeah. I think even, like I said, a, a fraction of that success, because for me personally, if they lost the national championship game, I'd be able to sleep at night and say, well, I'm glad they made it. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, no, that's the that, point of it all. Will. Yeah. You will when it's all said and done, be extremely glad they make it. And you talk about the history. Can't believe it's yeah, going over dates earlier. It's 50 years that yeah, Penn State's only had its one Heisman Trophy winner already, yeah. John Capaletti. It's it's incredible. Uh, you know, I'd say let's get a Heisman to Happy Valley. You'd love to have it. Uh, unfortunately, I think the Heisman Trophy has become more of a PR award than it's become yeah. a best player in college trophy. football yeah. award. But um, yeah, you know, let's try to get one anyway, and you know, silence critics there. And if anyone's going to do it, honestly, on this team or the next yep. team, it's not it, personally for me, it's not Drew Aller, it's Nicholas Singleton. And it's no disrespect very to well. Aller. Good very well. Uh, when Penn State teams that are really talented and they're going to be ahead by a lot of points, Nicholas Singleton is going to be able to rack up those statistics because they'll be, mm -hmm. head, they'll be ahead by four touchdowns. You don't need to run the, throw the football with Drew. You're going to run it yeah. with, with Singleton uh, and Allen. So uh, either either one of those yeah. guys, I honestly I think, have a better shot than Aller just because Penn State won't be playing a lot of games where they're really close. They're going to beat a lot of opponents by a lot of points except for the likes of Ohio State and Michigan. But time will tell Jason. I, I always appreciate the time, the perspective and can't wait to have you back on the show again very soon. Anytime Zach. Thanks for having me as always.